This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Automakers in the U.S. are slowly building back inventory, though they're still at extremely low levels. Ward's Intelligence reports that automakers finished up last month with 28 days of inventory, up from only 25 days in May. They now have 1.2 million vehicles at dealerships, rail yards, and ports. That's nearly 90,000 more than they had in May. But it represents only about two days of sales. And here's a great little factoid for you. Automakers are selling 43,333 cars and trucks a day. Meanwhile, over in China, car sales are really picking up. Chinese automakers sold 2.5 million passenger vehicles in June, up 34% from a year ago. That was largely thanks to the government cutting the sales tax in half to boost sales and expanding subsidies for new energy vehicles. But on the commercial side of the business, it was a different story. Sales of trucks and buses were down, as COVID lockdowns in parts of the country have upset logistics and supply chains. Commercial vehicle sales are often considered a leading indicator of the economy, and they are expected to be down 16% for the full year. Tesla set an all-time record in China, selling nearly 79,000 EVs in June. In fact, it sold over 52,000 Model Ys, which put it ahead of the Wuling Hongguang Mini EV that starts at only $4,200. One reason why Tesla's sales were so high was that it exported fewer than 1,000 vehicles from China and devoted all that production to the Chinese market instead. And that makes us think that the June sales indicate demand for Tesla in China is a lot higher than we thought. And we need to keep an eye on this. As Tesla ramps up its assembly plants in Berlin and Texas, it will not have to export as many vehicles out of China. And that could spell trouble for other Chinese EV makers if Tesla grabs more of the market. There are a few key reasons to start a business in Michigan. First of all, it's the talent. Second, Michigan is wired for winning. Third, the ecosystem here is really focused on supporting businesses in the market. At Scheffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves. If it wasn't for Volkswagen's Dieselgate scandal, there almost assuredly would have been another generation of the Phaeton sedan. Or at least, that's how VW seems to be spinning the story. The car, which was the brainchild of former CEO Ferdinand Piecht, was a sales flop. And when Piecht retired in 2015, no one else really was in favor of keeping the car around. Even so, these images show VW came real close to coming out with a new version of the luxury sedan. I mean, there was even a prototype called D2 that actually could run and drive. 
But Dieselgate finally forced the company's hand and it completely shifted its focus to EVs. And the Phaeton was officially discontinued in 2016. But take a moment and soak in this prototype. I'm impressed with how modern the interior and exterior design look, even though it was probably done in 2014 and 2015, seven to eight years ago. I almost feel like designers have the ability to see into the future. And speaking of luxury vehicles, Bentley is taking customers to new heights of comfort with its airline seat specification. Available in the new long wheelbase version of the Bentayga, these are said to be the most advanced seats ever fitted in a vehicle. Not only are there 22 ways of adjustment, but they have selectable temperature settings. The seat can determine whether to apply heat, ventilation, or both at the same time. What's more, it automatically makes micro-adjustments to the passenger's seating position, so pressure is spread out more evenly across the body, making trips more comfortable. The whole airline seat specification seems a bit like a marketing ploy to me, like military-grade steel or aluminum, but comfortable seats really do make a big difference and half of Bentega Long Wheelbase customers have opted for the airline seats. Vans offer a lot of versatility, and electric vans are no different. Opel is launching a version of its Vivero e-van with a flat bed on the back. The bed is a little over 2.4 by 1.8 meters, or 8 feet long by 6 feet wide, and features folding aluminum sides. There's two battery sizes available, 50 kilowatt hours and 75, which provides up to 328 kilometers or just over 200 miles of range on the WLTP test cycle. With the 50 kilowatt hour battery, it's capable of a payload of up to 960 kilograms or over 2,100 pounds. And the conversions are done by a specialist company in Germany. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. The Biden administration has a novel proposal. It wants to let the states set their own standards to reduce vehicle emissions. The White House wants at least a 50% reduction in greenhouse gases by 2030 from 2005 levels, and it wants net zero emissions by 2050. The Department of Transportation wants to give states the flexibility to set their own targets as long as, quote, they are in line with the net zero goals by 2050. States would also have to report on their progress and set two and four year targets. Right now, about half of the 50 states already track their vehicle emissions, but this would force all of them to do it. BMW more than doubled its BEV sales in the first half of the year. The automakers sold nearly 76,000 fully electric vehicles, including many, not a large amount, but a 110% gain compared to a year ago. While its BEV sales soared, sales of its ICE vehicles tumbled. 
Overall, BMW sold 1.16 million vehicles in the first six months of 2022, a drop of 13.3%. The company blames the war in Ukraine, COVID lockdowns in China, and a shortage of semiconductor chips for the sales drop. Volvo announced it's leaving the European Automobile Manufacturers Association, or ACEA, which is the lobbying group for the European auto industry. Volvo is unhappy with the group's decision to not back the EU's goal of banning ICE sales by 2035. The automaker plans to go all-electric by 2030. And this is the second time in a month that an automaker has left the organization, with Stellantis dropping out in June. But it did so for the opposite reason. Volvo dropped out because it wants a more aggressive approach. Stellantis thinks the ACEA is moving too quickly to ban ICE vehicles. It prefers to use more hybrids and plug-in hybrids. And hey, we've got a great Autoline After Hours with the legendary Peter Brock coming up this Thursday. When he was only 19 years old, he was hired by General Motors Design and essentially did the original Corvette Stingray. Later, he designed the Shelby Daytona Coupe and his BRE, or Brock Racing Enterprises, became a formidable force racing Datsuns in the 1970s. He has an amazing life story, and you can learn all about it later this week on Autoline After Hours. But that brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be right back here again tomorrow. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. Scheffler, we pioneer motion. And by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation.